This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 243. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so glad that you are here. It is summertime, and I know for a lot of you, that means that your schedule has changed. To be honest, we see a drop every August in podcast downloads. So what that tells me is that Maybe some of you, uh, maybe your schedule has kind of been flipped upside down and you're not listening to your regularly scheduled programming. I know I'm not. I haven't been listening to the podcast that I usually do and even audiobooks because I usually do that when my kids are at school. So for those of you who have stuck around, thank you. And for those of you who are catching up, we missed you. <laughs> and I'm excited about this particular episode because it sort of came to me kind of like a download that happened from the universe. And it came from watching a particular YouTube video, which I'm going to get to that in a minute. But what I wanted to tell you about first is that I have a Q&A jam coming up and it is all about my group program where I have a handful of spots left. The group program is called The Mentorship. So this is the one you might've heard me talking about it before or seen some emails come through about it. It is a virtual retreat where we are going to be covering the Daring Way curriculum, as well as many, many weeks of support after that. But on this call, you don't have to sign up for anything. I'm going to tell you how to just jump over there. On this call, I'm going to be also teaching a few things and answering your questions. So I'm going to be covering the four main topics to study in your life that will help you so much with your confidence, relationship with others, and your general well-being. Even if you don't end up coming to the mentorship with me or joining any of my programs, if you focus on these topics, then you're on the right path. I'm going to also cover what the process of shame resilience actually is based on Brene Brown's research. And I'm going to tell you the big surprise that I had in 2011, which I kind of took me by surprise and I went kicking and screaming in the new direction. It really changed changed the course of my coaching practice and it's the it's the direction that I've stayed in all these years, you know, until till now. And I'm going to be covering that and answering your questions on August 28th at 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's noon Pacific. So if you want to join me and come and say hi, I'd be happy to see you. If you can't make it live, there will be a replay at the same link that you would go if you're going to make it live. That's yourkickasslife.com slash meet. It costs $0 to come. And again, even if you think the mentorship isn't for you right now, you don't want to miss this. So I am happy and excited to see you over there, hopefully soon. All right, y'all. I saw this thing on Facebook. Isn't that how so many stories start? So I saw this thing on Facebook. (laughs) Either that or I was talking to my therapist or a lot of my stories used to start with, so I got totally drunk and yeah, I am thankful that my stories don't start with that anymore. But I saw this thing on Facebook, someone had posted, they'd shared a video and some of you might have seen it already. I will post a link to it in the show notes and it was by a woman by the name of Claire. She's a young woman and she started a YouTube channel and kind of a movement, if you will, called My Last Days. And so she was 
she had a terminal illness and it was like this pulmonary illness. And I'm not sure exactly what the name of it was, but she was dying. She was literally dying. And she started to make YouTube videos about it and about life. And she had a really interesting perspective about life. Obviously she was very young at the time when she started, she was a teenager. And I was of course, totally pulled in by this girl's story. It was just an incredible story. And I think now I don't know. You guys probably know. If you know her, you're probably like yelling at the yelling at your phones. She got a lung transplant, I think, and she's doing a lot better. I don't know if she's um, so much better that she's not terminally ill anymore or what. But I, of course, I should have probably done a little bit more research to tell you instead of leaving you hanging. <laughs> but you'll probably get sucked in just like me and, and go and, and watch and and find out. But here's what she was talking about, where I was like fist pumping and like yes, yes, yes. She created, there's this one particular video where she does some public speaking and she's talking about, you know, how we are all going to die and we don't know exactly when for her, she was given a year to live when she was creating this video and we have no control over that, how long we're going to live. But what we do have control over what she was saying is that you can live a life that you're proud of. And I was like, heart explosion, head explosion. Yes, woman, because that's what I've said over and over and over again. That is my mission. My mission is to help women create and live a life they're proud of. When they walk away from one of you know my deeper one-on-one work or the mentorship that's about to come up, for instance, that's what I want people to know that they're going to walk away with, the tools and strategies and the path to live a life that they're proud of. So what does that mean? How do we do that? What is the path? What does it look like? Of course, I don't have all of the answers because every single person is unique. I don't have all of the answers to all of the things. But in my decade of experience of helping women create lives that they're proud of and from walking through my own fire creating a life that I am proud of, I think I have a pretty good handle on it. So what I did was I sat down and I pounded out, went to my keyboard, went to my laptop, pounded out a list of questions to ask yourself to help you determine what path is right for you? What are the areas that you might need to work on? And it is kind of a checklist, although I hate saying that, like, the, you know, having a kick-ass life or a life you're proud of is not about a checklist, but I think it's nice to have, you know, just like a path, a map, like what is it that I need to work on? Because like I always say, you can't work on stuff that you don't know isn't working well, right? I mean, that goes with like kitchen appliances, that goes with life. So I made this handy dandy list and here we go in no particular order. Let's start with values. Number one, do you know what your values are and what they look like? If you've read either of my books, you know that I talk about that. I talk about it at length in How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. It's the very last chapter. And I know that some of y'all haven't gotten that far yet. You've told me I'm the same with self-help books. A lot of times I don't get through the whole thing. But I beg you, if you have a copy or if you have it on audiobook, jump to the last chapter, read it, do the exercises, you won't be sorry. Again, do you know what your values are and what they look like? Second one, do you know what it means and looks like to have compassion for yourself? And do you practice it? Do you know what it actually 
sounds like to treat yourself with the same kindness that you would for someone that you care about, for someone that you love. Do you know what it means to have compassion for others? Because when we don't, check what kind of expectations you have. That is directly correlated. The amount of compassion that you have for other people is directly correlated to the expectations you have of yourself. I'm gonna tell you a quick story. I did not have a lot of compassion for other people. (laughs) I don't know, 13, 14 years ago and before that. I thought that the answer to my problems and everyone else's problems is they needed to just be stronger. They needed to suck it up and move forward. Why you cry? Why are you crying? Stop your sniveling and just get on with it. I had hardly any compassion for anyone else because I had no compassion for myself. I did not leave any room for that. I had extremely high expectations of myself. Therefore, I had very high expectations of everyone else. And that is, that's a hard life, y'all. That is exhausting and it doesn't last very long before you're going to have a little bit of a breakdown like I did. So I know what that feels like to have little compassion for other people and, you know, little to no compassion for yourself. The next one is, do you know where you need to set boundaries? And just as important, do you know how to do that? Do you know how to have those hard conversations with people in the people pleasing chapter and how to stop feeling like shit? I go through that in detail. And also in my raise hell program, which I teach every January, we have a whole module on boundaries, how to do that with kindness and compassion. Do you know where you need to set boundaries and do you know how to do that? Do you show up? for the few people in your life that need you. And I say few people because I don't believe that we can just spread ourselves so thin and we're there for everyone. The most important people in your life that need you, do you really show up for them? Like really show up. And I know that a lot of you feel like you're the person in your friendships where you are the shoulder they cry on. You are the person they turn to And again, this might not be for everyone, but I think that what happens in friendships is that there are like these unsaid boundaries where they might not be sharing everything with you because maybe they think that they'll be judged. And this, this goes, this could be a whole nother podcast episode, but I think, I think you know what I'm saying. Do you really, do the people in your life know that they can come to you without any judgment at all and show you all of their messy parts? and that you will be there for them. That's what I mean when I say like really show up. The next one is, do you allow people to show up for you? And when they do, do you show them all of you? And this really dovetails to what I was just talking about. In your friendships, I often tell people, When you're sharing your story with people, we all know that Brene Brown talks about that all the time. Share your story with people who have deserved the right to hear that. I like to take that a step further and ask my people, when you are telling them your story, quote unquote, what does that look like? Are you sharing all of the experience? And what I mean by that are the feelings and emotions, or are you just sharing the facts? That happens a lot where we get into storytelling mode, we pull the emotions out of it, and we tell them what happened almost in a way of gossiping a little bit. And 
I use that word lightly, but I think you might know what I mean by that, where you're telling the story. You're like, oh my God, I cannot believe that my partner did this and it was so awful. And, and maybe you share a story like that with people who are kind of on the peripheral ends of your friendship, but the people that really matter to you, those handful of people, do you show them all of you, the feelings and emotions? Sometimes it's feelings like rage and grief. Those kind of emotions that I think for women can be really difficult for us to show people the full on breakdowns. Do you allow people to show up for you like that? Again, I could have a whole other podcast about that. Ask yourself that. Next, do you take care of your physical body? Things like going to the dentist regularly, getting mammograms, going to the doctor, even though you have a feeling something might be wrong and you just keep putting it off and putting it off. I'll tell you, I just went through this whole thing. I I had my cholesterol checked. I have a family history of heart disease, high blood pressure, and things like that. So I used to usually regularly get my cholesterol checked and I didn't for about three years. And I finally went, my cholesterol was high. And remember I told you guys, I did not work out for like two years. So it was right around the time, it was the beginning of the year when I was thinking about signing up for that triathlon. And I went in, got my cholesterol checked. My cholesterol was high. And I had also gained 10 pounds from the previous time I had been checked and had my physical. So (laughs) that happened. And yeah, and that's you know kind of what pushed me really to see. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I was a little skeptical. You know how the doctors tell us all the time, you know, good diet and exercise can lower your cholesterol and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, we'll see. We'll see about that because I'm the exception. <laughs> it's not really going to matter. And what I mostly changed was my exercise. I trained for that triathlon and then I went in about a month after it was over, but I had continued to work out. And lo and behold, didn't lose any weight. I might have lost a couple of pounds, but definitely not back to the weight that I was before. But that doesn't matter. My cholesterol went down. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> doctors and scientists. I guess they got that right. So that was kind of exciting. There's still one number we would like to see get lower. So we're going to work on that. But that's an example of taking care of your physical body, getting regular checkups and things like that. All right. Do you feel your feelings? Do you really feel your feelings or do you stuff them and numb them away? I know when I wrote How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, that chapter, I think it's chapter three, So many women said that's the one I struggle with the most. There were several, I think, that across the board were the most common, but numbing out, so common. And y'all, I still do this too. I still really have to watch myself with work and my phone. And anytime I realize that I am dropping into, you know, that workaholism or spending too much time on my phone, really just scrolling aimlessly, I check myself and ask myself, is there anything that I'm avoiding? Typically for me, it's an uncomfortable conversation that I might need to have or stress that I'm not talking about with someone. That's usually a signal to me. So are you feeling your feelings or do you stuff them and numb them away? The next one is, do you take care of your spirit? Do you take care of your spirituality? Whether you are someone who identifies as being a religious person or you are someone who identifies with being spiritual, even if you're, you know, an atheist and you're not really sure what's going on there, what are you doing to 
honor that? Is it walks in nature? Is it spending time with your beloved pet or your kids and just really leaning into the joy of that? Is it yoga or meditation or lighting a candle and just being in stillness? Your spirituality, in dance parties, your spirituality can look like many, many different ways of doing it. Are you taking care of that? Okay, next one might be a touchy one for some of you. Oof, because I know it was for me for a while. Do you take care of your financial house? I'll tell you something. Working on money, my relationship with money, I should say, it's not just about like getting out a spreadsheet and listening to Dave Ramsey's podcast or I don't know. I don't listen to his podcast, but (laughs) whomever. It's more than that. It's your relationship with money. Wow, I started doing that in about 2015 and... There were a lot of things that opened up for me. Personal development, it really is. You know, how we deal with money is a lot of times how we deal with other things. Do you, are you mad at money? Do you always look at it as it's never enough? Do you have any kind of gratitude practice about it? Do you ignore it? Do you just kind of like hope that there's enough in there? Yeah, I can, you know, identify with all of that. That's how I used to be too. And I finally, it got so painful that I had to look at everything. I think I've mentioned here on the podcast before when I've had money experts on, my husband and I paid off $60,000 of debt. We started in 2011. I think it was right after I got sober. And that was one of the things. I was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't just keep like paying the minimum payment on these credit cards and just just not even knowing when we were going to be able to pay them off. So we did it. We sat down together and it was so painful to do, to look at and have that uncomfortable conversation with him. But we lived and it made us stronger as a couple and it sure as shit made us stronger financially, just looking at it and taking responsibility for it. And again, whole other podcast episode about that. And the last one really is an open question for you all. Is there anything else you feel in your soul that you need to change that will make you proud of who you are? Just off the top of my head, as I read that question to you, it could be, do you need to really work on some family of origin trauma that you have? Do you need to forgive someone? I mean, there could be so many different things that you might know that are kind of tugging at your intuition that you need to work on that maybe you've been avoiding. And I honestly think we all get to that place where, you know, I call it the tipping point, where it's more painful to stay in that knowing that we need to work on work on it than it is to actually dip in and start to work on it. Because I can sit here and tell you all day long, you know, you'll do it when you're ready. You'll do it when you're ready. And I think that that can be a little bit of an out for people. Like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. We all start before we're ready. That's when you do things. If you wait until you truly are ready, then you're going to be waiting a really long time, if not forever. But if you wait until you get to that place where, again, it is more uncomfortable to stay in that knowledge of knowing that you need to work on it, then that becomes more uncomfortable than actually doing the work. That's when you know it's time. So I hope this was helpful. I had so much fun just sort of riffing on this topic. And that's really 
that's really it. That's, and of course there's probably so much more, but like, at least this will get you started. <laughs> it's kind of a lot. <laughs> no problem. You guys can like whip that out by the end of the week, right? No problem. No big deal. But no, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I just want to say this one last thing. This is so important. This is a lifelong journey. This is not something that you are going to be able to finish by the end of 2018 or 2019. There are going to be things that keep getting kicked up. All of it. All of it. The stuff about you showing up for people and and letting them show up for you and the money stuff, numbing out boundaries. These are big topics, y'all. Big, big, big topics. And I just hope that you set some realistic expectations, but at the same time, know that, yeah, it takes work. It does take work. And there's a messy balance in all of that, right? I adore you all. I'm just so honored to be able to come here and turn on my microphone and talk to you about this stuff that matters. I just, it still blows me away that, you know, where I was, I was on a run the other day, side note, side tangent. I was on a run the other day and I was thinking about 2006. And that was a shitty ass year for me. (laughs) It was so shitty. And I think about where I was and the decisions I was making. And I, I just, I was the farthest away from being proud of myself. I think that I could have possibly been, I guess I, I guess there could have been some worse things that I could have done to pull me even farther away, but it was pretty bad. And it took me years really to get out of it. And I think that that's the thing that I didn't realize was that I was going to be grieving all of the shit that happened then for years to come. And it's been kind of pretty recently where I can look back on it and be like, okay, I'm I'm actually done with that story. I'm done with that identity of who I was and the pain and the trauma of all of that. I honestly, I was texting with my best friend, Amy, you know, we send each other gifts. Is it GIF or GIF? I think I really need to get to the bottom of it. I call it, I say GIF. I say GIF, yeah. Um, but my friend Elizabeth calls it a GIF. Anyway, <laughs> Amy and I were sending them back and forth, and I sent her one where, and it was it was an I'm done. It was actually Mary Poppins flying away from the house with her umbrella. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. So all that to say, Try to have some compassion with yourself as you get through all of this work, as you get through your own stuff that you are going through, whatever that may be, and know that I'm cheering for you over here and keep doing the work and keep kicking ass, of course. And hopefully I'll see some of you on the call on August 28th at 3 Eastern, yourkickasslife.com slash meet. Oh, and hey, I almost forgot to mention, if you liked this episode and you liked the questions that I asked and want to do some journaling on it, go over to yourkickasslife.com slash 243. That's where the show notes are. And look for the yellow box and you can download a handy dandy worksheet where you can journal on these and do the work. Take your life to the next level. Thank you so, so, so much. And until next time, ass kickers, I will see you all out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. 